0: You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick up your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life.
1: Hey, guys. Today's podcast is... Hysterical, and I enjoyed recording it so much. Uh, it's with Brooke Christian. She is from the Flirty Girl Guide, and she talks today about suffering from postpartum depression. But if you are um, not a mom, if you are a mom, of course, it's a great lesson, but if you're not a mom, don't fret. She talks a lot about sex and dirty things and uh, sex toys and how to get your groove back on. I mean, come on, ladies. We all go through periods of time where... We're not feeling so hot about ourselves, or we've put on a few pounds, or we have to wear a bathing suit and we don't want to, and we're going to talk about all of that stuff today. I am so excited to share this podcast with you. I think it's going to change a lot of lives. It's definitely changed mine. There are a few things I've changed after I recorded this podcast, so let me know what you think about it. Are you going to make any changes? Take a listen. Let me know. Enjoy. Brooke is hysterical. Have fun. You guys. You guys. <laughs> Brooke is with me today. I can't even tell you how excited I am about this. I know I say that for everybody, but seriously, this one I'm like super duper excited. Brooke and I have just been chatting for a few minutes, and already our chemistry is like ridiculous. So, um, Brooke, hi, yeah, hi, welcome to the God. podcast. For
0: having me,
1: tell me and everybody listening who you are and why I love you so darn much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, besides my effervescent personality, I am. My name is Brooke Christian, and I am the founder of a brand called Flirty Girl, which is really um, like a sex-positive destination, specifically geared to moms. I like to say that I am the sexpert for the mommy set. Um, I have two young gremlins that are delicious and horrible at the same time. Um, I am a PPD survivor, for those that don't know, postpartum depression survivor. And I realized after my second child that sex as a mom can really suck. And our confidence as moms takes a huge hit, our body image, like all those things, and I kind of said that was bullshit. Like, and I didn't think that that was fair anymore. And so I saw that no one was talking to moms. I saw that n- about sex. We're talking to moms about 18 million other things, like diapers and wine and, you know, like all these <laughs> other things. And, and uh, I realized no one was talking about sex. But secretly, we all were struggling with it. And so I thought, look, we all as moms have a hit. Uh, in our self-confidence, but really confidence is sexiness, right? Like that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, It has nothing to do with how you look. Mm-hmm. And I realized very um, early on in, in this process that if you could feel sexy again, we could have a platform to make sex better again. And the reality is, is that sex is important in a committed relationship or you know a flexible relationship, but sex is important in our lives. And we sacrifice as moms enough On a day-to-day basis. And I just don't think sex should be a place where we do it either. And so um, I launched this business. I come from uh, the magazine world when I was really cool and like Carrie Bradshaw and (laughs) had really awesome shoes. And people used to ask me where to have dinner. (laughs) um
1: right. <laughs> ask you right to have dinner. You are like, yeah, I don't know. Right I don't know because <laughs> two
0: thousand and three, this place was cool. Right. and now it's
1: not even open. And anymore. now
0: <laughs> it's not even open. <laughs> and there is a, you know, Chipotle in that right. space, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is uh, good. Check it out. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <I think> that's <laughs> court. That's great okay for them. <laughs> um, and your hangover, but still, I. um So I come from this magazine background. Um, I had two kids. I moved to the suburbs, and I became really bored and depressed, frankly. And that's how this business was born. What I do is I give speeches all across the country. I blog. I'm I'm all over social media. I talk to women about why sexiness matters as a mom because it's like the last thing we want to do, right? Like we're so busy and tired and feel awful. Why it matters how we can do it easily and quickly, and then how we can start getting to a place where we're enjoying sex and opting into it versus having it obligatorily, like, you know, like out of obligation. Um, and the activation I do for that message is I sell really high end sex toys. full mm. stop. Um, and we can get into that in a minute. But so, you know, flirty girl as a brand is sort of built on two things. It's built on an empowerment message about sex and confidence for moms, and then it's built on an activation level, which is the
1: sex toys. Mm. So that's that's who I am. That's what I do. I love it. I just, so every morning on Instagram, I post my morning thoughts. <clears throat> I'm going to read you my morning thoughts this morning because I please think you'll like it. it. I'm going go to go to it because I want to make sure I get the uh, complaining doesn't lead to change. Only action leads to change. So I love that you are saying that because yeah, like you can, you can go around and be like, I'm sexy. I'm sexy. I'm sexy. I want to have a good sex life. But unless you put the effort into having the good sex life, it's never going to happen. And I guess that's what you're saying with the active part of your business.
0: Well, right. So I, look, we all have girlfriends, hopefully that we are confident and, you know, comfortable enough when you're sitting at Starbucks while the kids are at school or you're having your glass of wine after they go to bed and you're like, oh, he wanted to have sex last night and I didn't want to and it sucks and I never come. And, you know, but if you just keep doing the same old thing, like you're never going to come, you're never going to want to go upstairs. And so you have to opt in to change you have to be... And change Change is scary, right? Like This is scary. You have to opt into doing something different because clearly the same old, same old isn't working. And that can be a really scary place for sex, especially for a woman whose body has changed, who's run through the ringer every single day, who used to feel one way about herself and now feels another. Now we're asking her to try these things when she's naked and like at her most vulnerable moment, you know, and that's, that's really hard. And I think that hopefully what I give these moms is a friend to walk them through it. And like, you know, virtually hold their hand like while they do it like go go you go out of the go, you can leave the bathroom now with your sex toy like go go try it yeah. um and I think that really helps because ultimately women are we l- like to live in covens right like we like to live in groups and in community and if we can give women a community where they feel safe enough to change their sexual behaviors for positive then
1: then the change can stick yeah. right yeah But the change is hard. The change is really hard. Yeah. So here's the thing that I don't understand. I'm not sure you'll understand it either, but it's like just open for conversation. It is so strange to me how, as human beings, we find things like this hard Mm -hmm. when it's only going to lead to better things. Well, right. And it's natural. I mean, so there are like two parts
0: to this, right? Like it's still really taboo in America, it just is. It's yeah. having these really puritanical roots. I don't know how we're ever going to get past them, um, which is a total dichotomy with the fact that sex sells, right? right? Like we live in a highly sexualized culture where 13-year-olds are showing their bodies. And right. so you've got these like two things in contrast with each other and conflicting, um, which is really hard. And so, you know, here's what I say. People call me brave, Right you're so brave to put yourself out there like that. You're so brave to talk about that anal sex sucked last night. And like, you're so brave to talk about this and this. And I'm like, look, bottom line is I know that people aren't okay talking about this. I wish they were. I hope that what I do helps to normalize the conversation and give women um, permission to talk about it without judgment. But I know that's a long way. Like we got a long road to go there. And so Look, I have the type of personality that uh, it's okay. I'll be out there. I'll be, you know, bare with my life. That maybe in a couple of years, other women will be more apt to be as honest as I am. Because until we start talking about it, it's never going to get better. Like nothing good happens in a closet. Yeah. Right? Well, like, I mean, (laughs) if you're having sex in a closet, then it better be really great. I mean, a the coat closet, like, at a hot restaurant or something, but I don't (gasps) don't know. I've seen the real housewives' closets, and I guess I would have sex in there. (laughs) But, like, you know. And I also equate it to, like, you know, look, I had postpartum depression. And and literally my family found me in a closet, like, in the back of a closet, hiding and crying. And so I say, like, we've got to nothing good happens in there. Nothing good happens when we lie and women are lying. We're lying that everything is good and that our marriages are great and that our sex lives are awesome. And it it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve men. It doesn't serve moms. It doesn't serve our children. It doesn't serve anyone. So I know it's a tough, if it's, it's it's a tough thing to talk about. Um, I don't know why, like, We're all here because of sex. Like our grandmas had sex, as gross as that is. Like, (laughs) we all know that our parents had sex to have us, right? Right. At least once. nearly like once or twice, (laughs) three times. No matter how many sisters and brothers you have. So why can't we talk about? Like, what is so bad about
1: talking about it? You know, it's so funny because, like, part of me is like, oh man, I hope my mom's not listening. But I, I think in my life, I went from this period of like, ew, that's so gross, my parents have sex, to like, ew, I hope they still do because I, I I, I want to. Having sex at their age, like you know, have, you know, statistically, um, between
0: 60 and 75 is the most sexually active age
1: for really? women. Good mm-hmm.
0: to know. Mm-hmm. That's cool so, y'all listening who are in your 30s and 40s, girls
1: got a long way to go, right? <laughs> got a long way to go. Let's Not go, let's, loop. let's back up a little <laughs> bit. I want to start from the beginning because I just feel like you have so much information and so much like wealth to share with everybody. Let's talk about the postpartum depression for a minute, yeah. Yeah. How did, how did you identify it? Get out of it? Work through it? Whatever you want to call it. Let's let's talk about that. First. Yeah. So I
0: had uh, my first child is eight, and I had what I now know was postpartum anxiety with my daughter, but it wasn't debilitating enough to be identified. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it was bad but I got over it. I kind of like powered through it. I, and I was okay. By the time I got pregnant with my second one who just turned five on Monday, which I can't believe, um, I knew I was going to be in trouble. Like even in my pregnancy, there was a lot of proactivity in like getting me, um, prophylactic help, mm-hmm. which just failed miserably. And, from the day he was born, I knew that I was screwed. Mm. It was never my postpartum with my son. Um, while it destroyed me, I never had postpartum where I thought about harming my child. And by the way, that's postpartum psychosis. That's not Mm -hmm. postpartum depression. Those are two different things. It's just what the media latches onto because those are profound stories. Um, but I couldn't function. By the time he was six weeks old, I couldn't function. And as I said...
1: What does I, that mean you couldn't function?
0: I couldn't I couldn't care for both of my children at the same time. I almost let my three-year-old... I wanted my three-year-old to be independent. Like, I didn't... I couldn't handle her. I couldn't let anyone touch the baby. And yet I was crying and racked. Like, I couldn't... All I could do... Sit, all I wanted to do was sit in a chair and breastfeed him, like like 24/7 because it was the only way like I felt like I was serving him somehow and I I I would throw up from anxiety I couldn't get them in the car to drive my daughter to school like I I wasn't functioning mm. and um, um it was really bad and I wanted to kill myself Mm -hmm. I never wanted to kill my kids. I just wanted to, I had a very specific way I was going to do it. I was going to get in the car and when they weren't with me and I was just going to ram it into a tree. Mm -hmm. And the reason I thought that is because I just wanted it to end. Mm -hmm. It was so painful and I just wanted everything to go dark. I didn't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I thought Mm -hmm. they were better off without me, Um, which is when I got, I mean, which is when I got identified and I got, Um, put in touch with an amazing therapist who specializes in women's issues like this, mothering issues. I got put on Zoloft immediately. And it's been a long road. I mean, my baby's five years old and I still struggle with it. And I talk to people all the time, experts. I'm like, I'm not sure PPD goes away. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think it honestly just morphs into a different kind of depression or mental struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, But the interesting thing is... I So I'm still treated for it. I go to the same psychiatrist. I actually got additionally diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. So I take an additional drug for that. And that actually has helped remarkably well. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like to say that I, I almost hope my kids don't hear this, but I love being a mother. I don't necessarily love the act of mothering. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a good fit for me. You know, when you're like, did you ever have a job? where you were like oh my god I, th- I, I this is my dream job like this job is going to be amazing and then 2 weeks into your job you're like i think this was a mistake like I
1: you know this goes back this to your, my assets <laughs> yeah this goes back to your concept I think of women don't talk to each other like yes how much about parenting did you really know before you had kids I mean zero. I really I zero yeah. that's a thing I feel like people don't tell you because if they told you you actually wouldn't have children Correct. you know like I'm with you at this on this 100% I love my children and there's certain things about mothering them that I absolutely adore I love the first time kissing me goodnight all of that the tushy when they're running naked into the of shower course. They're, they're, you know but like do you think that i strive to like make 14 meals a day and clean up after your shit and like you know tell right. you 58 times to pick up your clothes and you have to do your reading and study mm-hmm. for final exams like it's not fun all the time mm-hmm. and it's not fun most of the time right and i don't even think it's fun for them <laughs> like no.
0: it's not I mean, fun it's, it's hard growing up it's hard being a child yeah um and i just had in addition to my depression i had a massive identity crisis Mm -hmm. right i gave up my job how old were you how old were you when you had your first um i was 31 no no no. i just turned 40 i had i had my first at 32 and then i had my second at like 36 35 Mm -hmm. something like that um I thought I was going to bang this out. Like I thought I, I never failed at anything in my life, right? but right. every school I wanted to get into, I was, you know, I got every grade I wanted to, I got every job I went for, like big jobs at like Vogue and Bizarre, Harper's Bizarre. Like I never didn't get anything that I wanted, not because it came to me, but because I worked for it, you know? Yeah. And so suddenly I was like, I'm failing. Like I'm, and I wasn't, you know, but I And I went from being, like I said, like a Carrie Bradshaw to like this horrible, non-functioning slob. And it it felt so wrong. And I knew that I was having this identity crisis, but I didn't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And the other problem is, is why I'm also an advocate for postpartum depression is I had a ton of great friends right? And they brought me lasagnas and they took the baby when they, you know, when they were crying and they, they took me to get my nails done. You know what I mean? Just, they did all those things. Um, and they let me cry. Um, but none of them had had the same experience, mental experiences I did while they were in their mothering and empathy is a big thing, right? Sympathy is awesome. Mm -hmm. Great. But empathy is what women crave. Mm-hmm. We crave to be understood on a visceral level. And when I finally got better, when I finally started healing, um, and was in recovery, that was where flirty girl was born. Mm-hmm. It was born out of my postpartum recovery. Um, some people think it's shallow. I don't believe it at all. But looking a certain way became a way of healing for me. Getting, I mean, I gained like ninety pounds. Mm-hmm. My second, I look at pictures of myself and I'm like, oh my god. Um, and so, getting myself into a better place, you know, physically, really was my own self confidence. I mean, my husband, God bless him, didn't care at all what I looked like. Um, and out of that. Looking a certain way, I felt confident enough to do, as you understand so well, a boudoir shoot mm-hmm. for my husband. Mm-hmm. And it was out of that experience that I realized that women were struggling in their sex lives. Mm-hmm. Moms were struggling in their sex lives, and I wanted to find a way to help them. Mm. So i I always talk about my postpartum as a gift. Mm-hmm. I don't i I don't know if I believe in God. I believe in the universe, you know, kind of thing. I grew up Jewish, but like, this is how I think. I don't think that the universe gives you anything you can't handle. I know you have feel often the same way through yes. your life and struggles. I didn't know it at the, we often don't know it when it's happening. Right. Right. Because yeah. I was very familiar with my bathroom floor. That's where I think every woman has it. Do you have a place
1: you cry? Uh, the shower. Down. the shower Yeah. Where you break down. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because I like, this is like uh if I, you know, I feel like we can be honest, right. We're breaking down yeah. walls. Um, right now I'm in, I'm going through a period of my life where I'm scared to cry because I'm oh, just afraid it won't come because oh, of- yes. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so much, um, now that I'm sort of coming out of the, the whole cancer thing and the, you know, your, your body, like you just do like, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to, um, relate it to motherhood, right? Mm -hmm. You give birth, you have the shock in your body. You are now a mom, your entire life changes and it like takes your brain some time to catch up with what happened to your body and what yeah. happened to your life because you were in go mode right because you're just like well i gotta go 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 that's i gotta right. do i gotta change diapers that's i gotta right. feed i gotta feel better i gotta take to the pediatrician i have to sign up for nursery school i have to and then all of a sudden one day you're like what the fuck happened that's like, right who am i how did i get here that's who right. are these people ruling my lives like i used to be in control of my life and now this that's little right. twerp sitting on the floor is running my life you know that's right. And, right. and it's the same thing with illness. It's the same thing with, I think, divorce. It's like, you know, the, all mm-hmm. these, like, tr- these events that we go through in our lives have these moments of like, what the fuck? And I'm highly in the what the fuck right now. <laughs> like yeah. highly in. It. Yeah, I, I'm definitely. Listen, I'm. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to therapy. I'm. I'm thick yeah. in the therapy of like. Let me figure out what happened to me and how I handle it because I want. I want to be better, not just physically but emotionally also. Yes. I, I also feel like you know it's been a gift for me. So I. What am I going to make out of this gift? Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, to answer your question, like, I'm afraid to cry. I'm afraid, like, anytime anything emotional happens, I go, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to open the floodgates right now. You know, I'm working through it. Because um, somehow over the course of life, we've been taught that women and then crying and all that is a weakness, you know? I Um, think it's a strength. Yeah, I I agree. Do you think at some point the dam
0: will break and you'll be brave enough to, or will you ever get to a place where you
1: think you will, I, I, first of all, I fully love how this podcast just flipped around. It's all good. It's all good. I think it's a great conversation. Um, the dam will absolutely break and I want the dam to break, but I want it. It, this might sound crazy, but I kind of want to do it on my own terms as much as have possible. To. You have to. So I'm not ready to just melt down and sit on the floor and cry and give in to the sadness. What I want to do is say, okay, I know there's sadness. How am I going to heal that? And if I cry while I do that, that's cool. I'm okay with the crying. But I want it to be on my terms. I want to be able to... healthfully heal from what I went through versus right. versus being found in the closet not that there's anything wrong with it, but you understand like to me absolutely if if you had another option you would choose another option right yeah, but I gotta tell you i don't know that I would have yeah i didn't
0: know that I would have because I wouldn't be here right and be, be here in this moment doing this work helping these women and feeling so passionate about it
1: so listen I've had my like on the floor in the closet moments right like when I went through infertility and I you know you heard my story and everybody here has heard it a hundred times you know when I've had those moments I think that I've learned from those moments that maybe, Brooke, like if it happened, if something happened again, you would recognize it differently and say, you know what? I'm not doing it this way this time. So I don't mean to like downplay the experience that you had because I've been there.
0: No, 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 no. And we all, and, and that's just a testament to how personal this is, how I feel about my process is really different about how you feel about your process or what works for you and what the only good goal the common goal there is to rise up right mm-hmm. is to conquer right. it and to be better the next time and so yes to your point i now can identify when oh oh black clouds coming mm-hmm. R- okay, how am I going to prepare for this? And I also have a toolbox now. I have a support group. I know who I can go to and that I have resources where I felt really alone last time. Yeah, And and so that really helps. And I got to tell you, I turned to my 40 Girl community. I've built, been lucky enough to build this community, frankly, through empathy that I was talking about before, even though it might not be empathy through postpartum. I think the reason why I'm so successful And, and was very quickly. And I, I attribute that to two things. One that sex sells, no matter what you say. Um, it's a little bit salacious. It's salacious for a mom to be talking about sex. Um, but the third thing I attribute it to is my, Ability to empathize and the ability for women and moms to empathize with me—they see themselves in me. I am not on a pedestal above them. I am in the thick of it with them, mm-hmm. and
1: I think they. But you're also mean, a voice for them, Brooke. Like, yes, you're a voice yes, for them. you're saying what they can't say. Correct,
0: and that's yeah. where we go with the whole. Why can't we talk about this? Why can't we talk about this globally, you know, in this um, country? And so, yes, I am a voice for them, but I think they feel confident in my voice. I think they're like, yes, she is my voice because I am them. Um, And I don't pretend not to be. And so I'm not an expert. I'm not a sex therapist. Um, a lot of people have said, why don't you do that? And blah, blah, blah. To Open up other avenues for me. I, I really don't want to. Because right. my success is based on being a real mom. Mm-hmm. And not wanting to have sex a lot of nights. And understanding um, that your date nights get cock blocked by stomach flus and whatever. Always, always. And that snow days are your evil nemesis. And if you have a good sex toy that can get you off in three minutes and you can't drink because it's 10 o'clock in the morning, go in the bathroom, lock the door, have five orgasms, and leave and you will be a better mother. <laughs> so, like, I understand those things and I think that is the success of Flirty Girl. And I also, I'm so thankful for my um, fall aparts, you know, my moments. Because I know a lot of women, the the bathroom for whatever place is confessional. Like the bathroom for women is like a big place where we feel safe enough to let go, probably because it's that one spot in the house where no one's allowed to come in. I mean. In theory. In theory. Tina Fey once said like, the boss of the house is the one who interrupts you when you're pooping. Right. Like, (laughs) like, that is...
1: So true. <laughs> or like, do you ever have it where they like talk to you through the crack of the door? Where you're like, I just need like five minutes. And listen, in fairness, I've locked myself in the bathroom multiple times without oh, even having right. to go. I mean, right. oh, well, that's what I mean. I'm it's just completely ours. pretending. But right? like, you know, can you stop talking to me? And and like, mom, I forgot. I need to bake fourteen cupcakes. Where is the powdered sugar? Can and you like, your like- kids are older, right? Like, I if they are three
0: and you like need help, I mean, I have an eight year old, and I'm like you know better like you don't want me doing that to you like golden rule girl golden rule all
1: right so i want to i want to um i want to like kind of I, I, like the way I see this interview really is in three parts, right? The postpartum depression, the mm-hmm. feeling sexy, and then the sex. So let's have yeah, a feeling sexy yes, yeah. and looking sexy and defining sexy. And sure. this is my business. This is so my life. I company, know, girl. Right? I okay. know it. And, so, and that's
0: why we're so aligned, like yeah. in what I'm saying. And so a common speech that I give and the way I really see the feeling sexy thing, um, I think there are five ways to do it. Mm. I think there are I'm five... And I, yeah, I, I break it down pretty easily. And uh, as I said before, feeling sexy is just confidence.
1: So I think it's a decision. well it is a decision. And
0: that's why like, I have five steps. Like, It's not going to, as you said, it's not going to magically happen. Like you have to opt into this. You have to participate. You have to be willing to make the changes. Right. So step number one, feel good about how you look like that. I don't care what that is. If you feel like you look hot as hell in sweatpants, girl, do the sweatpants, you know? like. But if you feel like you look hot as hell when your hair is done and your makeup looks nice, commit to doing that 20 to 30% of the week. I'm not saying every day. Hell, that's not attainable. 20 to 30% of the week. And it doesn't even matter if you're going out that night. Like just pull your shit together for 20 to 30% of the time. Cause I promise you, you will feel better about yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: That's all sexiness is. The sexiest woman in the room is not the one with the biggest boobs and the shortest skirt. She's not. She's Amen. probably the saddest one in the right, room. Right. Right. Be perfectly honest. The sexiest woman in the room is the woman who knows exactly who she is and owns it. That is what men are attracted to. Sexiness is energy. That's what that everybody's
1: like, attracted to. That I is not
0: Women are attracted to. to. They, women, do you have you ever heard a woman be like, "He's so insecure. I'm so turned on." Like, right. never. <laughs> never. I love those. Every time. Never <laughs> <to> <laughs> that. Like right. you none. Know? Yeah. So, so that's, that's number one, like pull your shit together. I mean, for lack of a better term, like pull your shit together 20 to 30% of the time. The second thing is you have to date your partner. Okay. Like, and that I love to what you say in your bio about how you send your husband, like dirty pictures sometimes. Cause you want to see his face, like in the boardroom. That's I, I say that do that yeah. it yeah. literally takes 30 seconds to go into the bathroom and take a picture of your boobs and send it to your husband.
1: Like, honestly, you think your boobs look droopy. He like, I tell this story all the time that I tried on a bathing suit once. And I remember saying to my husband, like, Oh, what about all this cellulite? And he's like, Oh, what's cellulite? You know, correct. like you don't have cellulite. I'm like, are you blind? Correct. So I'm like, you know, he's like, that's not cellulite. This is cellulite. And he shows me this picture of like this, like, you know, you would never see somebody like that in real life. And I was like, you think that that's what cellulite is? Like, they're so delusional. They don't, like, they don't
0: see it. No, they don't. And I'm going to, we're going to get back to the dating and stuff thing because that ties in uh, exactly what we're talking about is number three, which is wear laundry. I'm yeah. sorry. Nobody, uh, this is where the moms like roll their eyes. They're
1: like, seriously, like, do I have to do
0: this? Like, please don't make me do this. Here's the thing. Okay. <sighs> men's, uh, attraction levels, like what turns men on is visually based. They are visually based in their, um, attraction to women. It's just biological. That's how it is. Okay. That means when you walk out of the bathroom or the closet wearing lingerie, it could be timid lingerie, but wearing lingerie, they think you look hot as hell. And here's why. Evolution has taught them to view you like a sex goddess when they know they're getting late. Like, that's just, like, what happens. I say it's like that Snapchat filter that, like, does the, like, little, like, stars that, like, comes down. Like, that is literally what happens to their eyes when you walk out in lingerie, okay? And to that point, most women, I sell lingerie also because I think lingerie, there's a way to curate a lingerie collection that looks beautiful on real women and lifts up the boobs that we all breastfed in or, you know, had our babies with and the C-section scars that we're terrified to show. Right. And so I think that's possible. So you don't have to go to Victoria's secret and buy that like strip thong right? Right? That, like makes the fat fall <laughs> over. Like, I don't even know. And let me tell you something I've worked on photo shoots, even like, Yeah, right. Everybody. Like like, they just edited it out, right? So I think there's beautiful lingerie options for women who have had children. And I think that um, we just have to do it because there is nothing that gives us more confidence and makes us feel sexier than a man looking at us like we are the hottest thing ever. and. And I don't care that that sounds like anti-feminist and like we shouldn't get our, you know, affirmations from men. Um, I call bullshit on that. And I think that every woman, if she's being honest with herself, feels sexy when a man looks at her like she's sexy. And so lingerie does that. Like it just does that. And, And here's the other thing. When you make a man feel loved, he will love you back in a way that makes you feel like you're special. Mm-hmm. And when you come out wearing lingerie, he thinks to himself, "She put in effort. That is amazing. She cares about me, and I'm getting laid. So mm-hmm. awesome!" You know? right, right, <laughs> and right, to your good. point, <laughs> the cellulite—they don't know what back fat is. Like, they have no idea. They don't know what saggy boobs are. Like, dude, they just get to play with them. Like, they're so excited. Um, and I tell him in that, like. You gotta lose your inhibitions when you're when you're wearing lingerie and you just gotta accept that he thinks you look amazing. Ride with it, girl. Like ride with that. The second part to the lingerie is that most women will be like I can't wear any of this stuff like under my clothes. Like I can't wear it to the date night, which means I've got to come home and do this like awkward thing where I'm like, hold on a second. And I go <laughs> into the closet of the bathroom and I like throw this thing on. And then I've got to do this like reveal where you're bas- I wish you could I wish your listeners could see me right now. But like basically you do this like ta-da kind of thing and it's so awkward. Yes, y'all. It's awkward. I have no tips to make that less awkward. <laughs> I wish I did, but I don't. Um, and I, you just got to roll with it and own it because he don't care. He don't care yeah. one bit. Yeah. So the other thing. So I. So that's number one. I mean, that's number two. So number three. Back to that is to date your husband. Um, I the sexy pictures. Yes, and again don't care. He doesn't care. Like he doesn't care what they look like. Send them in the middle of the day. And I do say, send them, if you have a date night, which I truly believe everybody needs. And I don't care if you can't get a babysitter, you have that date night at home. You make special time for your spouse or your partner. You, I always say the morning of your date night, you send a sexy pic and you say, I cannot wait to see you later. Girl, he is going to be Freaking out all day because the number one aphrodisiac in the world is anticipation. Yeah. Hands down. So you're setting that up, right? If you don't want to take a picture of your body, you could take a picture of a new sex toy or a little or you can hire cosmopolitan just like sex positions, right? Like just take a picture and be like, I can't wait to try this tonight. It right. literally takes 15 seconds with massive payoff. I also say that for date nights, you need to treat them like four-hour adult-only vacations. Okay, you will not go to Jamaica for four days without shaving your legs, like you're not gonna. <laughs> Like, you're not, right? I mean, let's just be real. Like No. You're not. You're not going to go on vacation with a full bush. Like, if you have a bush, that's fine, but you're not going to let it hang down your legs because you're going to wear a bathing suit. Like, you're not going to do it. So just, like, trim that stuff up. Right. And so... I say that. like you have to look at it as this time where you both are
1: putting an effort, which by the because way is is fully, I think, paying respect to yourself in a way. I mean, without for a doubt. me, it was like, you know, even if I'm having a bad day or my kids were driving me crazy or I was recovering from surgery, if I could shave my legs, I felt awesome. Like it I was is. like, I ruled today. I, my life is good, you know, I mean, there's this there's this great like
0: Instagram meme that goes meme that goes around that says, Every time a woman shaves her legs and doesn't get laid a unicorn dies. Right. And like <laughs> that is so true. Like you can a hundred percent see, like, understand how a woman feels. Oh, haven't you ever seen a shape? You know, yeah, I take like, my legs for this. Like, you know, hundred percent. So I do believe you need to date your husband. And I and part of that is flirting with him. And that's what the text and, and that is all about ends um, letting him rub your leg, be like, Hey baby, I shaved. I haven't shaved in two weeks, but I shaved for you today and let him feel your leg under the table. You've got to date each other, um, and create anticipation. hundred percent. It makes you feel sexier. It's how you make things better. Um, the fourth thing is not only flirting with your husband, but flirting with the world. Okay. Now, I am not suggesting that you should go out and have affairs. I am not suggesting that you should flirt so much you have emotional relationships with other people. I am saying that confidence and sexual and sexual confidence energy. is an energy. Yeah. And when you put it out, you get it back. Okay. And that feels really good. I am talking about that you go to Starbucks and you just flirt like a teeny bit with the barista, like just <laughs> a teeny, teeny bit, because you're going to get it back in a teeny, teeny bit. And that, it feels awesome. Like, especially for moms. Yeah. Like, wow, I still got this. Like I'm 45 and that guy just like went right, right, right. like, oh my God. And then what you do is a scientific term. It is called transferable sexual energy, which means you take the feeling that that flirting has given you and you transfer it to your relationship right? Because what you can do there is be like, somebody wants me. Damn, this guy's lucky to have me. Or if your husband even sees it's flirting, if if he's not like a jealous person, um, he'll be like, yeah, that's my wife. That's my partner. And it just makes you see yourself and, and your partner see you differently with, yeah. with with a sexy lens over their face. Yeah. So I believe you need to flirt with the world, okay? okay. With a disclaimer on that, like a, with yeah. a little asterisk on that. Because sometimes
1: I get some flack for that. Right. I, listen, I, think, I talk a lot. I'm actually, you know, I'm writing my book now. And one yes. of the chapters in my book is about compliments. It's, a yes. same, it's the same concept. You know, you're giving the love. You're going to receive the love back. A hundred percent. And especially between women. You know what I mean? Because like, Oh, obviously, my God do you know how much you can make another
0: woman stay by just saying her eyes look beautiful yeah. or that like she worked like, girl, you're working out hard there. Like yeah. wow. you literally make that woman feel confident and yeah. beautiful yeah. and it has nothing to do with sex. Yeah. But what she can do is take that and walk with her head higher and her back up. So her boobs are sticking up a little bit more. And like, it just all, it's a, um, like a domino effect.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's a transfer of energy and a transfer of love. Without, you know, and I don't mean like question. in love, love. I mean like no a transfer no. of loving feelings. Of you know, like I told my one of my best friends this morning. I'm like, you're like the hottest chick ever. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not hitting on you, but like, by the way, who cares? You're not going to the gym. You're super hot. Totally. You know, like, and she's like, baby, I'm hot. Okay, yeah. man I'm
0: hot. Yeah. Um, so that's number four, and then number five, which segues, segues into what you want to talk about in, in as the third piece of this. We got to make sex more satisfying. Like, we have to. For ourselves. For ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like, look, it really depends on what gets you off and what your predilections are sexually. But we have to make sex more satisfying. Like, we just do. Because I think it's patently unfair for us to engage in sex that is not satisfying for us. I think that across the board, but I think that particularly for moms. And do you think think, most
1: women are doing that?
0: I, I think most women are having mediocre... Sex at the best. At best. Yeah. I had a feeling you were going to say at best. Yeah. At best. And I think it's complete bullshit that he gets to finish every single time and you don't. Like, whatever, whoever invented that concept, I want to punch them in the face. Probably a man. That's 100% of (laughs) it. So I, and here's the deal the reason you don't want to go upstairs on a Wednesday night when he pokes you and you're watching Bravo is because which is what you really want to do, is because it's not that good. Like, why would you get off the couch and turn off the TV, which you really want to do, for shitty sex? Like, why would you do that? And then that creates resentment in your relationship, right? So here's here's the deal. I think orgasms make you want to have sex more.
1: Mm -hmm. I just
0: do. So whatever way you need to do that, I encourage you to do. But here's the deal. 70% 70% of women need clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm Seba D. Um, and I'm sorry, but your little finger and his little finger uh, on the knob is okay. Maybe like once in a while, like, but that ain't going to do it. So we have to find ways to, to satisfy that. And frankly, I strongly believe that sex toys are the way to do that. Um, and my feeling is that that's a really scary place. Um, I think for a lot of women, they are terrified. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it means. There are literally 10,000 products on the market. There's no way to shift through. And, and, and frankly, 965 of them suck. Like,
1: but how horrible. much do you think, let's say, ego is involved with sex toys? Like, how many women are afraid to make their partner feel like, well, they're, you're not enough or you're not doing a good job or you're, you know, yeah. and, and and then men do take personally and go, oh, what? I'm not good enough for you. I can't, you know, like. So that is a tricky one. Um,
0: it's probably the number two question I get when we're talking about sex toys. Um, here's What's the deal one question. Which one should I use? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, which one should I use? Um, so here's the deal: I think that there, it's you have to be careful. You you have to approach it delicately, depending on your man, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, some men are going to be like, "Hell yeah, bring that stuff in," you know. Some men are going to be like that. Um, for the ones that could possibly get their egos bruised. The best way that I think that you can do it, and I've seen this work successfully with a lot of my clients, is to say, hey... And maybe you want to do it on a text because it's less like face-to-face and he can, you're not gonna, he can have a moment to process it privately, right? So I think that what you, I often say is send a picture of the sex toy or a position and be like, I sort of been thinking that this could be really, really hot. Um, Would you be up for it? Because I think what we're doing is amazing, but I just like, I'm so turned on by this. And he's gonna be like, most guys, if they're not assholes, are gonna be like, <laughs> yeah. damn, how fast can I get home? <laughs> yes. Right? So, like, it's just about presenting it in a way that it's an enhancement instead of a substitute. Right? Um, and I think that's really key. And I gotta tell you, some women are not gonna like this, but if he's like, fuck that, like, I'm enough he's an asshole. Yeah. Like and you might want to reconsider like the status of your relationship because then he doesn't really care about your pleasure and that's not a place you should be. Yeah, that's Good. my two Amen. cents. Amen. Um, so I think sex toys are super important. If you're the 30% who can get off from straight up intercourse, God bless you, but There are even things you could be doing sex toy-wise that could make that better. But here's the deal. Sex is something that you really enjoy. Again, you're going to want to do it more. And the bottom line is that serves your relationship incredibly well. Something I tell women to notice, have sex with your partner on Friday or Saturday. First First, don't have sex with your partner on Friday night. Okay? Don't do it. See what Saturday morning looks like it's probably a little tense. Like it might be a little bickery or like just not connective. Right now have sex with him on Saturday night. You see what your Sunday morning looks like when the pancake batter is all over the counter and you're rushing to get soccer cleats and lacrosse sticks and like all this stuff. I guarantee you it's more manageable. It's more loving. It's more flirty. Like it's just a fact. Yeah. So I think if we can acknowledge that, cause some people are like, no, that's not true. That's so shallow. No, 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 it's a fact. Yeah. So if that's the fact, love it. Yeah. <laughs> like have a great time doing yeah. it. Yeah, know it. Those are the five things that I think are are the tools to look sexy, feel sexy, look sexy, and achieve it. And I don't think those things
1: are so hard. No. You know? So what about like women so that what about women that maybe feel because you know I'm all about shamelessly feminine, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What about women that have that feel shame about being sexy, especially being a mom? You know, yeah. like, what, have you experienced that a lot? I've not personally experienced no, that. I mean, like, life, with but clients. yes, clients,
0: a hundred percent. I get some women come in and are like, I just don't feel like I can engage in this like really awesome sex life and dress sexy and all this stuff because I'm a mom. You know, like, and I implore them to understand that you can be a mother. And sexy. Now, you don't often do those things at the same time, right? Like, I'm not looking hot as hell at the playground. That's not my space to be sexy. I'm not wearing lipstick while my kid's throwing up and I'm comforting a bad dream. Like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not saying, screw you, Janie. I'm having sex tonight. Like, that's they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. And unless you carve out space for yourself to be sexy... And to have a sexy life, 20 to 30% of the time, you will not be the best mother you can be. Mm -hmm. And
1: that's just a fact. It may be a fact you don't want to admit. but it's a fact. One of the things also that I've really discovered in my line of work is that sexy means different things to different people. It really does. Because sexy isn't always about like showing your skin or wearing something low cut or having on red lipstick. Like you talk about like, Oh, I'm not being sexy at the playground, but like, there's so many women I've seen that maybe sexy is not the right word, but you know, they look just so beautiful or, you know, because they're doing what they love. Yeah. Like a woman, Um, might feel sexy in gym clothes you know, like, so I really, I just want to kind of implore to everybody, like to find what sexy is for you, because it might not be, you know, what you think it's, it's not, you know, I almost wish that there was a different word for sexy. And it's it's about the word sex in it. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't know how we, we so closely correlated sexy means you have to have sex, like sexy is a state of mind, you know, it's not. Which is the confidence
0: thing. Right. And, and I think in this culture we equate sexiness with sluttiness Mm -hmm. and I think as moms that's the last place we feel comfortable and I think we feel shame in taking on that role Mm -hmm. I I think moms and sluts it's a hard thing to work together right so uh back to that and and I will say you're 100% right I have friends that have different styles than I do, who have different interests than I do, and they glow when they're doing them. And that, that's all that sexiness is. I, I agree with you. I wish there was a different work. Um, but I do think that we can be sexy and be a mom, whatever sexy means for you. And one of the things that I respect so much, I'm so jealous of that you get to do, is see these women rise, right? And I imagine, I know what happened with my boudoir photo shoot, and I've seen it with clients who I advise through the boudoir photo shoot experience. They come in looking and feeling one way. Often, would you say they come in nervous Absolutely. about how they're going to look? Always. Scared, right? Always. And they leave having had this experience. And you tell me, like, Those first photos are probably not the best ones. It's probably the latter ones where they have freed themselves and have owned their sexuality, like owned their confidence and their sexiness. That are, I'm guessing, the money shots. Yeah, do you find that?
1: Yeah, but here's the beautiful thing about boudoir photography. You should, if if a boudoir photographer is doing her job or his job appropriately, you should be able to go into a shoot have a shoot and leave and never give a shit about seeing the pictures and know that you rocked it. And know that you look awesome, that you feel good. It has nothing to do with the photos whatsoever. It has to do with the experience and the feelings. And I remember I experienced that the first time I did a shoot, it was after I had my son, my second child. And I was like, I just want to remember if there's a woman inside here that exists, you know, besides just changing diapers and making, you That's know, right. baby food. Like this is, and when I did it, I left and I was like, I feel awesome. That's I, right. I reconnected to that woman. And I don't even That's give right. it. I, am a, I was almost even afraid to see the pictures to say, I didn't want no, of course. to go against what I felt, you know, because I was just like, no, this was amazing. This is and the that image that so you, pissed. the image you had of yourself, yeah, after that
0: experience, and that's what I mean. I'm so jealous and envious of that. Pro- that what you get to see in a woman every time you do it, because I do know that they leave that shoot feeling kick ass. Yeah, like they look hot as hell. And the reason that I sort of the genesis for this business was that photo shoot I did mm-hmm. because I felt like a phoenix rising in that photo shoot, and I went. I felt like a freaking goddess when I left there. My makeup was still on, like you know, whatever, I was still, in, I had changed back into yoga pants, but I went home and had the best sex of my life with my husband. Yeah. Frankly, no toys. Yeah. And it was because I felt gorgeous. Yes. I mean oh, even seen my
1: all you have to do is believe it. And believe you know, it. this is something I talk about all the time that I also struggle with, especially post-breast cancer. But it's just so interesting because I just decided to believe it. Just like mm-hmm. when people say like, oh, you look beautiful or, you know, you're so strong or you're sexy. I go, yeah, I am. I believe that's it. right. I believe you because that's your perception and you're right and and it doesn't matter what I feel I'm just going to believe you you know That's right. And it's it's just amazing how much that power of believing really has over over a person.
0: And I the the key to doing that which you're 100% right you need to is silencing the mean old bitch we have in our head mm-hmm. because we are 100% our worst enemies. There's no one more critical of ourselves than us. Mm -hmm. And if we can silence that mean old hag that is in our brain saying we are not good enough, we are not beautiful enough, we are not thin enough. And I hate it more than anything when a woman is given a compliment and she downplays it. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not, I look like crap today. No, 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 no. This is not, no, I'm not that, oh, you're, you know, I hate that. Take the compliment. Right. Because it's true. And the reason we don't do that is because of this mean old woman in our head who says we're not enough. And well,
1: it's not just nasty. that. It's, it's society saying, "Well, you're narcissistic if you take that's a right. compliment," and, and especially, I, for women, right. 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 Especially, especially for women,
0: right? Especially for women,
1: you know. And I just think that that's bullshit. You know, I, I, like I said, I have a whole chapter in my book about compliments, and I, I recently had an experience where a woman, uh, a mom in the neighborhood, just said something to me like, "You know, you, you." Oh, I love your outfit. And I made a comment to your, to your, uh, point. Oh, I haven't even showered yet today. Like I can't believe Crash. you're giving me a compliment. And she said to me, it doesn't matter if you shower not, you always look beautiful. You have great style and you're always just beautiful. You're such a beautiful right. person. And it was such a, um, act of love because who, women don't oft, often speak that way to each other. Right? right. And I don't know her that well. So the fact that she put herself out on the line like that, if I would have said to her, no, you're wrong. I don't look beautiful, I'm not beautiful, then I'm denying her love. I'm telling her she's wrong. I'm saying to her, no, this is a bad thing to do, don't do it anymore. And instead, her. I caught myself and I just said, you know what, thank you. And I have to say, I decided I was going to believe her. And mm-hmm. that was a shifting moment in my life. Like, I was like, maybe I am beautiful. Maybe I can't always look in the mirror and see it, but maybe to other people, I am beautiful because I'm not just this. I'm not just what my skin looks like or what my nose looks like or what my hair looks like that day. There's other things about me that make me beautiful, a beautiful person. And you know what? I strive to be a beautiful person. Right. Inside and out, right? So if she's seeing that, then why would I say no to that? You shouldn't. Think-
0: and the thing is, is... Not only are you blocking her love, you're blocking love to yourself. Yeah. Right? And that is the cruelest thing we can do. I mean, that is the most detrimental thing we can do to but ourselves. We're good at it. We're all but We're so good at it and that's the shame, right? That's yeah. the shame that you talk about and that you're fighting against that we don't deserve it. We don't deserve to think we're awesome as women we're 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 trained and believed to give to everyone else and that it is shameful to take for ourselves that narcissism you were you and we're both calling bullshit on that like just are and you
1: have to Um, imagine that that also transfers to the bedroom like we feel bad about wanting to have pleasure or telling our spouse or our partner you know this is not working for me i need you to do it this way right you know i know i didn't have an orgasm i'm glad you did but i didn't like what about me hey, hello, you know, like feeling that shame of taking versus giving because we're just taught give, 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 give. So
0: one of the things I love that I do is I talk to young women about what they deserve in bed because nowhere in sex ed or in conversations with teenagers and young adults are women taught that your pleasure matters. That is never discussed. Mm -hmm. And so we are raising girls who are taught to please men. Mm -hmm. That is what we are teaching and that is setting us up for just these horrible situations and dynamics. That is why some women allow these one-sided relationships to happen. We do not think, we have shame in our own pleasure. We are not taught that it matters and I am hoping to change our female, you know, our as women to change our perspective because we deserve those things. And I think the concept of faking an orgasm is the most dangerous thing you can do to your sex life. Yeah. It just is. Right, you're not doing anybody any favors. Zero. You're teaching him something. He's going to believe that if he does this thing, then you're going to get off and you're not. So he's going to keep doing it. And you're denying yourself pleasure. So that sucks. And it's almost like you're, I mean, you have you, every woman I know is faked an orgasm. Like every single woman. Of course. Right. Why do we do that? Most often we do that because we want it to be over. Right. right. Like we feel like get because bravo. <laughs> bravo. Right. Like we just want it to be over. So why would I, like, (laughs) you just want it to be over? Like, the sex should be so good that you want to keep going. Like, keep going. Um, And the other thing I think about sex as a mom is that I do think it needs to be efficient. Like, I think that weekly sex, like, non-date night sex, like, Wednesday night sex, non-vacation sex, like, we don't have a ton of time. Like the likelihood that a child is going to interrupt us is fairly high, yeah. and we are tired. So, how can we make sex not only awesome but somewhat quick? Right? I mean, like massive foreplay and and all of that. That's awesome for vacation or your one night getaway or your mom took the kids. Like, good do thirty minutes of warm up. Good for you if you like that. Um, <laughs> But Wednesday night, let's get this thing done sometimes. And so that's why a lot of the sex toys that I curate, and that's what I do with regard to sex toys, I sort of call the market and figure out, look, I think these are the 30 best toys in the market that are going to get you off. Get you off quickly and turn you on and make you feel sexy. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of my um, editing process. Like that's part of the checklists that I um, look for in a toys.
1: Yeah. Probably not going to be there for forty minutes because most cool. women take a long time to come. They right, and that's the other thing. Our that, are, and that's the thing I think men don't understand, and we have not educated them in that Correct. because they just they just operate so differently. You know, I I try to explain to my husband that women are. Like, if a guy doesn't... This is my theory, at least. If a guy doesn't have sex for a long time, it builds up, right? Like, he's, like, yes, really yes, horny and he wants... Yes. That. Like, if a woman doesn't have sex for a long time, it's, like, a light switch. It's just off. It's just, like, yeah. the, the longer it goes, the less she
0: needs it, you know? It's dormant, man. Yeah. It's, like, it's just it's like being on a diet and realizing you lost your sweet tooth. Right. <laughs> like that's like essentially what happens. It's like being vegan and then someone offers you buttered bread and you're really? like, I don't think so. You know? Right. So that's the danger zone. Yeah. That's the danger zone that yeah. we get into. And, and also reteaching men not to be jackhammers. Yeah. Cause men don't get off from jackhammers. That's yeah. not what we like. Yeah. So, you know, that's, and I think the other thing is, is women have a really hard time. And this is the shame. We are not going into sex toy stores, not yeah. doing it. Yeah. We're not going to roll up in our minivans with our school stickers right. and roll up to the, <laughs> my child is depot. an average student and right. exactly. like,
1: we're not it on gonna, the third shelf, the purple big right. one, please. <laughs> we're not
0: going to roll up to the <laughs> romance depot off the freeway <laughs> (laughs) And, like, walk in and be like, hey, I'm a click girl. Like, it's not going to happen. And then the woman who's helping you or the man, which is even more awkward. Yeah. helping you
1: at the store. Or, like, the 20-year-old that you're like, I know you're judging me right now.
0: Like, God bless her. She's very knowledgeable. But she's probably got some piercings. There's definitely visible tattoos happening. High possibility she's bisexual. God bless her she doesn't understand your life. Right. Try being and married
1: for 20 years and right. having two kids. Right, 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 right.
0: Get it. Yeah. And there's something really comforting about buying a sex toy from a woman who lives your life, right? Yeah. Like, that's the empathy thing. And so that's where I found a hole in the market. Yeah. Um, to talk to these women about it and to allow them to purchase sex toys
1: in a way that is comfortable. Yeah. Right? Because no one was doing that. Yeah. Um. And so that's even, even these stores that like try to appeal more to women, right? Like Babe Land or whatever. Yeah, you know, know but they, they make it pretty and it's pink yeah. it doesn't doesn't solve the situation. It doesn't, it really it doesn't does it really doesn't? Because it really
0: doesn't. Because like you're scared Sally from the PTA is gonna see you, like cause she was getting coffee next door, or yeah. like, you know. And as we said before, sex is really private. It's yeah. really private. It's still taboo. Women are still scared to admit that they like it and that they want to be a little bit naughty. Like, and so how can I, that's what I try to do. I try to take the shame away. I try to make sex and sex toys more accessible, particularly for moms. Yeah. Um, look, there are a lot of people talking about sex out there. There are tons of them. But I, there is no one talking to moms. Yeah. and their unique challenges. Yeah.
1: Um, and honestly, I really love that you have a dash of humor in all of it also, because it really makes it so much fun. Life is funny, easier, man. You know? Yeah, I mean, life, you gotta be funny. I wrote this, and then I have... Uh,
0: I wrote this blog post about my boobs and yeah. how much I hate them yeah. and how I think they're like these athletic socks with beans <laughs> yeah. like in them. So like the beans just like point them down. Um, because that's real life, right? Yeah. But I still like nipple clamps. Like right, I right. clamps are awesome. And you know what? doesn't matter how much they're pointing down. I still got nipples. Like,
1: right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> amen to that. I don't. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, like, I think we have to laugh. Yeah. And, yeah. and we have to because I mean a queef if your readers don't know if your listeners don't know what a queef is it's when you're kind of farting <laughs> like making go go a like and like sorry it happens <laughs> like, right. Right. it happens. Yeah. So um
1: yeah that's that is it's greatest. awesome. So um, where where tell me where people can find you because I know they they must want to have more in their <laughs> life like I do right now. So you need be, come first. on you guys need me in your life. So you plus life. I'm going to like turn into your friend.
0: So, you know, your friend that somehow makes everything sexual. So, which <laughs> we is all like qualities? Yeah. Like, listen um, if you don't have that friend, you need one. You need one and I'll just be it for a while until <laughs> I introduce you to another one. more local so um so you can find me on instagram at flirty girl guide i'm also on facebook but i gotta tell you i feel like facebook for me is a dying art so i'm very instagram heavy Mm -hmm. um my website is flirtygirlguide.com um and on there i do now i have an online store hallelujah um and that you can link from my website or it's lovingsex.com backslash flirty. Yeah, we'll so those post are all the, the notes. Yeah. And That's all the places you
1: can you can reach me. And may I just say like thank you so much for having me. Oh my god, thank you so much for being here. And I would really love it if one day you would come back and we could do like sex toy reviews. Can we do that? Oh man, yes. <laughs> that is like my favorite thing to do. Isn't that
0: funny before girl? <laughs> wait till you see my collection like we have to
1: do that. Like I really yeah. want to do it. I really yeah, want to yeah, do have, it and you know
0: what everybody listening y'all get a discount so they'll be uh, incentive to
1: listen yeah. and I would love to I, I want to do like a lingerie thing too because I yeah. actually think that maybe you and I could give listeners some advice on how to wear lingerie on a normal basis without feeling yes. ridiculous and just yes. you know kind of giving a little sexing it up a little even if you're wearing your suit to the office or sweatpants to music class you could you can hide something in there 100% and I also think something else we should talk about with lingerie
0: you're so good and this is a boudoir thing how to position your body on a bed to look fantastic yes right you got it there's there's a way we all I always tell women unless you're uncomfortable it doesn't look good that's what I say all the time if like, it doesn't it's, hurt, gotta, it good. it's gotta look yeah. uncomfortable yeah which it. usually means booty up totally <laughs> in that back arch yes, where like right. you I think your back is gonna break like that you look great ah,
1: back, amazing, girl. amazing! I love you Brooke I think you're <laughs> amazing wow. thank you so much you guys you're check welcome. her out and we will definitely have her back like soon Woo! love and it thank you guys thanks for listening to the shamelessly feminine podcast If you loved what
0: you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.